and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. You know, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize that every single book from Genesis to Revelation all point to Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus is predicted. In the New Testament, he is revealed, preached, explained, and expected. You find him everywhere because Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible. I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies on my blog. This next series is a hunt for Jesus in the Old Testament. It's how God's story becomes our story when we invite him into our lives. It will help us get to know God better, more intimately. And that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. Yes, you and me. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to study what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Jesus in Numbers finale. Finally in the finale. All the promised land is a sacred place. It's been a long and winding road for the Israelites to wander 40 years in the wilderness. Finally, they are across the Jordan River from the Promised Land. However, God has a little housekeeping or sanctification to do first. The Promised Land is a sacred land. God wants only righteous people living there. The current inhabitants in God's eyes are idol worshipers, evil, wicked people. The Israelites must go in and conquer them and take over their land. That takes the men of fighting age that we counted in the last lesson, all of them. What happens when a couple of tribes prefer the land on the east side of the Jordan? Can they compromise with God? Should anyone try to compromise with God? Let's dig in. Numbers 31, conquest of the Midianites. Then the Lord said to Moses, on behalf of the people of Israel, take revenge on the Midianites for leading them into idolatry. After that, you will die and join your ancestors. So Moses said to the people, choose some men and arm them to find the Lord's war of, to fight the Lord's war of revenge against Midian. From each tribe of Israel sent a thousand men into battle. So they chose a thousand men from each tribe of Israel, a total of 12,000 men armed for battle. Then Moses sent them out, a thousand men from each tribe. And Phinehas, son of Eleazar the priest, led them into battle. They carried along the holy objects of the sanctuary and the trumpets for sounding the charge. They attacked Midian as the Lord had commanded Moses, and they killed all the men, all five of the Midianite kings, Evi, Reckon, Zer, Hur, and Reba died in the battle. They also killed Balaam, son of Baor, with the sword. Then the Israelite army captured the Midianite women and children and seized their cattle and flocks and all their wealth as plunder. They burned all the towns and villages where the Midianites had lived. After they had gathered the plunder and captives, both people and animals, they brought them all to Moses and Eleazar the priest and to the whole community of Israel, which was camped on the plains of Moab beside the Jordan River across from Jericho. Moses, Eleazar the priest, and all the leaders of the community went to meet them outside the camp. And Moses was furious with all the generals and captains 
who had returned from the battle. Um, why have you let all the women live, he demanded. These are the very ones who followed Balaam's advice and caused the people of Israel to rebel against the Lord at Mount Peor. They are the ones who caused the plague to strike the Lord's people. So kill all the boys and all the women who have had intercourse with a man. Only the young girls who are virgins may live. You may keep them for yourselves. And all of you who have killed anyone or touched a dead body must stay outside the camp for seven days. You must purify yourselves and your captives on the third and seventh day. days. Purify all your clothing too and everything made of leather, goat hair, or wood. Then Eleazar the priest said to the men who were in the battle, the Lord has given Moses this legal requirement. Anything made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, tin, or lead, that is all metals that do not burn, must be passed through fire in order to be made ceremonially pure. These metal objects must then be further purified with the water of purification before everything, but everything that burns must be purified by the water alone. On the seventh day, you must wash your clothes and be purified. Then you may return to the camp. Ah, so it's Numbers 31, 1 through 24. So next they divide the plunder. And you can read that on your own because um, it goes into a bunch of detail and a bunch of numbers again. Then you might think that this was done for the wealth, but no, it was God's revenge on the Midianites. Uh, and check out Psalm 94. I have a link to it in my blog. But the last verse says it all. Um, Psalm 94, verse 23. God will turn the sins of evil people back on them. He will destroy them for their sins. The Lord our God will destroy them. Oh, that sounds pretty clear to me. Interesting, too, that not one Israelite died in the battle with the Midianites. Even Balaam, who had a chance but blew it, got to go back two lessons, chasing money instead of righteousness, was killed since he couldn't curse the Hebrews. He told the Midianite women to seduce the Hebrews. He, too, died the death of the wicked. Going on, picking up in Numbers 31 and verse 51. So Moses and Eleazar, the priest, received the gold from all the military commanders, all kinds of jewelry and crafted objects. And all the gold that the generals and captains presented as a gift to the Lord weighed about 420 pounds. All the fighting men had taken some of the plunder for themselves. So Moses and Eleazar, the priest, accepted the gifts from the general and captains and brought the gold to the tabernacle as a reminder to the Lord that the people of Israel belonged to him. <clears throat> well, as it turns out, not all the Midianites were killed. And later in the book of Judges, we'll see that they invade Israel. The lesson here, you can't give the devil the slightest foothold. It's like the yeast. A tiny bit infiltrates all the dough. So that's why they couldn't leave the Midianite women alive. Numbers 32, the tribes east of the Jordan River. Okay. The tribes of Reuben and Gad owned vast numbers of livestock. So when they saw that the lands of Jazer and Gilead were ideally suited for their flocks and herds, they came to Moses, Eleazar the priest, and the other leaders of the community. They said, notice the towns of Adaroth, Dibon, Jazer, Nimrah, Heshbon, uh, 
Alele, okay, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Simba, Nebo, and Beyond. Be on the lookout. No, um, the Lord has conquered this whole area for the community of Israel, and it is ideally suited for all our livestock. If we have found favor with you, please let us have this land as our property instead of giving us land across the Jordan River. Do you intend to stay here while your brothers go across and do all the fighting? Modus asked the men of Gad and Reuben. Why do you want to discourage the rest of the people of Israel from going across to the land the Lord has given them? Your ancestors did the same thing when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. That's the whole story of the, the spies. And he goes into that, but I'm going to skip that since we just we covered that. You could go back and read that later or read it on your own. So we're picking it back up in verse 13. The Lord was angry with Israel and made them wander in the wilderness for 40 years until the entire generation that sinned in the Lord's sight had died. But here you are a brood of sinners doing exactly the same thing. You are making the Lord even angrier with Israel. If you turn away from him like this and he abandons them again in the wilderness, you will be responsible for destroying the entire nation. But they approached Moses and said, we simply want to build pens for our livestock and fortified towns for our wives and children. Then we will arm ourselves and lead our fellow Israelites into battle until we have brought them safely to their land. Meanwhile, our families will stay in the fortified towns we build here so they will be safe from any attacks by the local people. We will not return to our homes until all the people of Israel have received their portions of land. But we do not claim any of the land on the other side of the Jordan. We would rather live here on the east side and accept this as our grant of land. Then Moses said, if you keep your word and arm yourselves for the Lord's battles, and if your troops cross the Jordan and keep fighting until the Lord has driven out his enemies, then you may return when the Lord has conquered the land. You will have fulfilled your duty to the Lord and to the rest of the people of Israel. And the land on the east side of the Jordan will be your property from the Lord. But if you fail to keep your word, then you will have sinned against the Lord, and you may be sure that your sin will find you out. I don't know how that works. Go ahead and build towns for your families and pens for your flocks and do everything you have promised. Then the men of Gad and Reuben replied, We, your servants, will follow your instructions exactly. Our children, wives, and flocks and cattle will stay here in the towns of Gilead, but all who are able to bear arms will cross over to fight for the Lord, just as you have said. So Moses gave orders to Eleazar the priest, Joshua, son of Nun, and the leaders of the clans of Israel. He said, the men of Gad and Reuben who are armed for battle must cross the Jordan with you to fight for the Lord. If they do, give them the land of Gilead as your property when the land is conquered. But if they refuse to arm themselves and cross over with you, then they must accept the land with the rest of you in the land of Canaan. The tribes of Gad and Reuben said again, we are your servants and we will do as the Lord has commanded. We will cross the Jordan into Canaan, fully armed to fight um, for the Lord, but our property will be here on this side of the Jordan. That was Numbers 32, 1 through 6, and 13 through 32. Um, now, it actually ends up that part of 
the tribe of Manasseh, which is from Joseph's line, wants to also be on the east side. So you'll see in the map, as you come into, uh, I click on over to my blog and there's a map of what, where all the tribes are. So you see there's two, two areas where Manasseh is. And so that's because the tribe is split. Um, okay, so numbers 30, um, okay, well, okay, back up. Numbers 33 is a detailed recap of the whole journey from when they escaped from Egypt through to where they are, camped across the river from Jericho. And you can read it for yourself on your own. Why the recap? Well, considering that most of this generation was born while they were wandering in the desert, they needed a history lesson. They needed to understand all that God did for them and that God led them every step of the way. Numbers 34, boundaries of the land. So here we see exactly how big the promised land really is. Check out the map over, over in my blog to see where each tribe ended up. And it's interesting that the borders described here cover way more territory than what the state of Israel is now. Okay, so you might wanna pull up uh, uh, some on a map of like Google Earth or something to see where exactly Israel is now. And so you'll, and you'll see what the, what the promised land really looks like. And, and um, in the end, they will get it back, but we're not talking about that now. <laughs> All right, so we're in Numbers 33. Then the Lord said to Moses, give these instructions to the Israelites when you come into the land of Canaan, which I am giving you as your special possession. These will be the boundaries. The southern portion of your country will extend from the wilderness of Zin along the edge of Edom. The southern boundary will begin on the east at the Dead Sea. It will then run south past Scorpion Pass in the direction of Zin. Its southernmost point will be Kadesh Barnea, from which it will go to Hazar Adar and on to Asmon. From Asmon, the boundary will turn toward the brook of Egypt and end at the Mediterranean Sea. Your western boundary will be the coastline of the Mediterranean Sea. Your northern boundary will begin at the Mediterranean Sea and run east to Mount Hor, then to Lebo Hamath and on through Zadad and Ziphron to Hazar Anan. This will be your northern boundary. The eastern boundary will start at Hazar Anan and run south to Shepham, then run down to Ribla on the east of Ain, A-I-N, okay. From there, the boundary will run down along the eastern edge of the Sea of Galilee and then along the Jordan River to the Dead Sea. These are the boundaries of your land. Then Moses told the Israelites, this territory is the homeland you are to divide among yourselves by sacred lot. The Lord has commanded that the land be divided among the nine and a half remaining tribes. The families of the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh have already received their grants of land on the east side of the Jordan River across from Jericho toward the sunrise. And again, you could click on over to my blog and take a look at the map of where all the tribes of Israel are. Okay, it's an image by Sweet Publishing at, from freebibleimages.org, which is really cool. It's a really cool place. I really, I mean, I'm getting a lot of my graphics from there. In the end of Numbers 34, Moses lists the leaders of the 12 tribes. But what about the Levites, the priests? Well, they are next. Numbers 35, land for the Levites and the cities of refuge. 
While Israel was camped beside the Jordan on the plains of Moab across from Jericho, the Lord said to Moses, command the people of Israel to give to the Levites from their property certain towns to live in, along with the surrounding pasture lands. These towns will be for the Levites to live in, and the surrounding lands will provide pasture for their cattle, flocks, and other livestock. And then the goes into the pasture lands being measured out and more numbers. Um, verse six, six of the towns you give the Levites will be cities of refuge where a person who has accidentally killed someone can flee for safety. In addition, give them 42 other towns in all 48 towns with the surrounding pasture lands will be given to the Levites. These towns will come from the property of the people of Israel. The larger tribes will give more towns to the Levites, while the smaller tribes will give fewer. Each tribe will give property in the proportion to the size of its land. That's number 35, 1 through 6. Cities of refuge, we pick it up at verse 9. The Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, designate cities of refuge to which people can flee if they have killed someone else accidentally these cities will be places of protection from a dead person's relatives who want to avenge the death the slayer must not be put to death before being tried by the community designate six cities of refuge for yourselves three on the east side of the jordan river and three on the west in the land of canaan these are the are cities for the protection of the israelites foreigners living among you and traveling merchants. Anyone who accidentally kills someone may flee there for safety. That's Numbers 35, 9 through 15. And you can read the rest of the details there because God goes into specific details. Well, if this happens, then do this. And you know, he, he actually writes out different possible scenarios. That, that is a great judge. You know, that is a great judge. But, all right, so finishing off numbers here. So Jesus is our city of refuge. So after all this, we are reminded, as the Israelites were, that everything belongs to God. Besides that, God lives with us, just like he lived with the Israelites in the promised land. He lives with us in the form of the Holy Spirit. Just like the Levites serving in every city, born-again Christians act as priests wherever they lived and wherever they go. Because we have the Holy Spirit in our hearts, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We become a sacred place, communing with Jesus all the time. Here are some thoughts from the Bible study by Spoken Gospel, which is one of my favorites. Okay. Consider the cities of refuge. God is the avenger of blood who can exercise his right to put us to death. However, he provides us with a city of refuge in Jesus. Jesus fulfills the laws about marriage and land as well because we are married to Jesus through faith. We will inherit the whole earth with him when he returns. Again, that's from Jesus in all of Numbers by Spoken Gospel. There's a link in our blog, uh, my blog to that. And we'll be using Spoken Gospel as we delve into Deuteronomy. And believe me, I'm going to skip through that as much as I can, but I'm going to um, rely on um, this Bible study and another one to pull out, you know, the good meaty stuff that's really important and to skip over the, what you don't need to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you want this inheritance? 
we will inherit the whole earth with him when he returns. That's the new heaven and the new earth. And you can read about that in the, uh, Revelation chapter 21. But what's really important is if you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven and that you won't be left behind at the rapture, what you have to do is believe, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Simply invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on open my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. Um, uh, and also at the bottom of my blog, I embedded the, the other map that I have of the whole trip <laughs> that, these poor, that these people took. I'd say poor people but because they, you know, they made their own path. They made, they, they, you know, they didn't trust God enough to say, hey, we can go in there and we can slay these giants because God is on our side, just like, you know, David uh, did with Goliath. And we will read about that when we get to the books of Samuel. Um, you know, and, and that's just it. You have to trust God and know that God is bigger than anything. It's bigger than the biggest giant in your life. Solideo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.